If you're going to self-manage your rental properties, you know I'm a big fan of finding that proper tool to get the job done. Well, we want to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. Collect rent online and get paid. Find that perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using card, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it, and even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. Did we also mention that RentReady is unlimited and all of this is flat priced? No tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for people to manage their own properties so you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the REI Mastermind Network. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at RentReady.com when you use our special code MASTERMIND. That's RentReady.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R. M-I-N-D at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only $54. We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. Well, we have a, a kind of a different guest on here today because I think it's pretty important for us to have a firm understanding of what it's like to become a realtor and work with realtors. We got Jennifer Sino Tucker on the on the call. Did I pronounce everything right there? Yep, that's perfect. Yep. A little bit of Italian and a little bit of Irish there, Jack. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I really appreciate your time, but I'd I'd like to start things off by letting you introduce yourself. Oh, sure. Uh, Well, yeah, my name is Jennifer Sino Tucker. I am a second generation realtor, um, uh, followed in the footsteps of my mother after a boring educational um, uh, kind of stint in education teaching. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy it. I kind of started my uh, own entrepreneurial kind of ways with a kids fitness program and ultimately figured out that real estate was the method of me um, achieving wealth and living a financially freeing life. Sure. So, you know, let's let's start things off because, you know, like we, we started before the, the program, I mentioned that a lot of real estate investors either consider becoming a realtor or they are a realtor and they start doing real estate investing. Like, mm-hmm. could, we, could we be that bold and start, like, what are some of the benefits people should maybe consider if they're a real estate investor right now? Why should they consider becoming a realtor? Um, you know, for me, I did it the other way around. I started as a realtor and then got into the investing side. But I, what I see coming from the opposite um, side of that is 
the agent really can provide a lot of benefits to you in the sense that um, they really do know the market. If you have a great agent who understands the market that you're looking to invest in, they can be such an asset and such a team player uh, for you as an investor that, you know, you, a lot of us see this as maybe we're giving up some some portion of our our return, but actually I see it more as an investment um, that I'm making in my business for the realtor to, to provide, you know, just some things that I might not see. It's another pair of eyes um, mm-hmm. as as an investor. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we uh, we rely pretty heavily, especially when we're doing any kind of fix and flips ourselves. Mm-hmm. We typically reach out to some of the realtors in our, you know, you just, once you do this so long, you kind of have an idea of who kind of specializes in neighborhoods. And it's a great way to get some feedback regarding not only comparables, but, you know, we're the house buying dudes. Our design eye is t- terrible. Right, right. And, 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 and realtors have really added to, like, telling us what's, what's trendy and what's, what people expect right now. And that's the thing. The realtor really can show you the buyer side. And let's be honest, Jack, I would say 80% of realtors are women. Um, I've I've worked with a lot of investors who don't have that women niche, specifically in the kitchen where they place things in the wrong spot or, you know, it just doesn't work and flow um, Mm -hmm. as we would navigate through the kitchen as women naturally. So I I think that's also kind of key in partnering with, with the right realtor. Sure. You know, one of the things that struck me about the information that they sent me, uh, you know, you we're in podcasting and it's not uncommon for like uh, companies to reach out asking if, you know, uh, guests can be on the show. And, and they sent me a one sheet uh, a summary about you. And it, it talks about you writing a couple books, but uh, becoming a rock star real estate agent, seven steps to making 100000 a year. Um, and then you, you've done uh, the Sat- Seven Saturdays training program, uh, uh, yeah. quite a bit of training here. I kind of was interested in some of the phrasing that you have in here. One of them is, what does it mean to have an authentic outcome in your real estate career? Um, I, I haven't run into a lot of people who actually use that type of language. They have an authentic outcomes. What do you mean by that? Those outcomes are really just personal to to the the realtor or the investor themselves. Like I I think authentic is not just a number. It's a lifestyle. It's it's really is personal to you, your family, and and where you want to be and what what you want your your life really to look like, you know, why do we do what we do? I mean, it's not just to kind of go through the day to day, right? There's ultimately, especially as investors, we all have goals and goals don't have to be just financial goals, right? They're a lifestyle goal, a career goal, a family goal, an emotional, spiritual and, and physical goal as well. So that's what I mean by authentic outcomes. Right. I think, I think that's, that's really a key thing, especially when it comes to mindset. I, I, I right. definitely have found people not taking a moment, deciding or, or, or thinking about how to live that authentic life, what, what they want out of being a real estate investor or a realtor. They're, yeah. they're not establishing that target. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's in, in the training program and through my agent training, we really identify, you know, what is specific to you in your physical life, first of all, your health and wellness, you know, your financial and career life, your emotional life, your family life, um, and, and your spiritual life as well. I mean, those are really the five key areas that we literally write down our goals and where we want to be, you know, and we work, we use this, you know, kind of reverse engineering in a way that, you know, if we have a financial goal of a hundred K for that year, what are we going to do on a daily basis to meet those goals? And that's what we do in the other areas of life as well. Sure. No, I've always, I've, I've said this a couple times on the show that um, if you're thinking about it, it's a dream. It, it's not until you actually write it down does it become a target? Yeah, the writing down is so key. It's just this visualization process that uh, that really makes it kind of come true. Uh, you know, you're able to kind of see it and visualize it a lot more when you write it down. Sure. So, um, you know, with this whole, uh, we're living in the middle of a pandemic. So that we are. Yeah. What, what's changed for you? Like, let's, let's start with everything. You know, I kind of want to cover everything from, uh, from a realtor standpoint, what does uh, change yeah. regarding marketing? How do you, how you're finding your, finding your customers um, showing houses? I mean, how, how is that? How's all that working out? From the realtor side, I've always been this kind of hybrid between, you know, social mm-hmm. media as well and video marketing um, as well as just the still knocking on doors, sending, you know, hitting a, a niche um, kind of market or targeting a farming area. Um, I still continue to do that. Most of my stuff has uh, been online, though, um, meeting meeting clients through Zoom and channels like this. Um, uh, but the people, and I'm seeing still that sellers still want that one-to-one. They still want that interaction. Um, for you to come over and make sure that you're a good fit to work with them. Um, regarding the investing side, I've picked up on the number of calls that I'm making to people who may be, you know, in trouble or a little underwater regarding their mortgage or just giving them the information. Like when I was making calls, I remember, you know, a lot of people didn't understand forbearance, right? And we were just kind of explaining to them what that is and what it'll look like and what in the future that would what outcomes could happen for that. So we're still doing our cold calling and hitting these um, homes that we're seeing that may be a little distressed or homeowners who are in trouble. So uh, as a, as a realtor, you're looking for these distressed properties as well. Yeah, because right now I'm mixing a little bit of both, right? I'm in the, I'm in the process of kind of moving over more towards an investor side. Um, So I'm still calling and definitely, you know, um, hunting them down, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. As the realtor too. Yeah. I've made the investment um, to, you know, pick up kind of like a a Mojo dialer or Red X, which really gives you the foreclosure list and short sales list, pendants list. So those are kind of some avenues that I've ramped up on my side. Yeah, we've run into quite a few people who are doing a lot more, you know, cold calling versus, you know, as a real estate investor versus sending out yellow letters and postcards. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done that as an investor. I, I, I 
still try to hit those as the real estate agent. I'll do that. It's really weird. Kind of, kind of sometimes like who you are and what you're doing. Um, you know, my investor or am I the realtor? Because it depends upon the situation. If I'm sitting in a, you know, with a homeowner in a distressed property, you know, who am I? And it really depends on what the homeowner needs from me is who I am. Sure. You mentioned um, talking to a client and seeing if it's, if it's a good fit. Um, can you talk a little bit about how, how, what you mean by that? I, I, I would suspect, and what I think typically happens is that uh, people try to figure out if it's a good fit for the customer. Um, but I think maybe the way, the way things are worded here, you might be referring to make sure it's a good fit for you too. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I'm taking more no's than yeses at this time. Um, so that, yeah, I want to make sure that the person I'm sitting in front of, I want to work with, not necessarily that they want to work with me. I want to make sure that one, I can help them, right? Well, and and two, that they see the value and benefits that I can provide for them. I mean, you know, you can we will go into some of these listings and you know the the homeowner wants to know right away, what's your commission? And I know right away that I'm not a good fit for them. And I work with a lot of investors who say that, what do you charge, right? What do you charge? That's the first thing that they usually say to me. And I'm like, wait, 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 but you don't see my marketing. You know, mm -hmm. take a look at what I have here. Let me, let me show you what that looks like, you know, things like that. So yeah, I've definitely turned down um, and, and have told them no we're not going to be a good fit to work together. I mean, I, I established an upfront contract immediately in the meeting, right? We're going to know, I usually say, we're going to know right away at the end of this 45-minute meeting if we're a good fit to work together or not. And I'm okay mm -hmm. either way. We'll part as friends and, and, and you can move on. Or I, I can even recommend someone that may be a good fit. So, no, that's a great approach. So, what do you advise to people that are like getting into real estate, being a realtor or a real estate investor for the first time? And it's a little hard to turn those, some of those customers away. Like, you know, like just, it isn't, it's obviously a bad fit. And, um, but, you know, the hunger for that, for that client yeah. is kind of a driving thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely been in that position where I couldn't, I didn't say no, wouldn't say no, whatever the homeowner said. I said, just shook my head and said, yes, there becomes a time, I think, in your career that you just know what your value proposition is and you know what kind of service that, that you're going to give in and, and, and what makes sense for you. Um, how do you know that? It just becomes this kind of, for me, it was an aha kind of moment where I knew that, you know what, it's okay to say no. It's okay to walk away from this. Um, there's, you know, closings are happening every day and I can find another deal, um, you know, looking. Yeah, it, it, it seems, sounds like you're really putting an emphasis on a, the establishing a relationship and rapport with your client. Yeah, absolutely. That's first and foremost. You know, I always got stuck up in the transaction and I realized that when I was getting stuck in the transaction, that things were flat, my, my business flatlines. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking about the numbers and what was happening and, and things of that nature. So when I realized that I was needed to focus more on the relationship, that's when the light bulb moment happened again for me. And I was like, oh, I need to 
you know, focus on the client in front of me. Stop worrying about the numbers that are going to have there after or how much commission you're going to make after this transaction is closed. Let's worry about what the needs of the client are in front of you. Sure. So talk about like, could you give somebody like uh, in, uh, some advice associated with how, how to quickly establish that type of rapport? I mean, uh, I, I feel like, you know, for me, when I'm doing any kind of real estate investing, I'm buying directly from a distressed seller. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably there for half an hour to an hour before we even get to talking about the house. Right, I mean, right. it's it's kind of a process, but people feel like it's got to be a quick. What what's your experience like? How can they? Uh... Yeah, I, 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 whether you're an investor or a realtor, I would say it's a matter of being a chameleon and meeting your client or the customer in front of you where they're at. And what I mean by that is, we know in sales that you know seventy percent of transactions happen with people who like and trust and know us, right? Mm -hmm. So they might not know us, but it's up to us as the person on the other side or the salesperson to meet them where they're at. Meaning you need to mirror them and not just in their body language, meaning in their, their tone and how they speak as well as, um, you know, who they are in their personality type. I use the disc personality profiling to really identify the client in front in front of me immediately. Um, you know, I, as a realtor, I work with a ton of investors. I'm a DC personality, and we just click. I know it's all about the bottom line and making people. Um, I am as well, so I'm naturally attracted to those people in business. But when I'm sitting in front of someone who is an I or an S personality, it becomes really, you know, that taking a deep breath speaking a little slower and matching them where they're at. Sure. No, that's a good tip. Like, you know, for those who don't know that disc system, basically there's a letter for each personality type and uh, identifying that type of personality and and essentially kind of meeting them in their world. uh, It definitely helps, especially when you're building that rapport. Yeah, there's definitely science and psychology going on in sales for sure. And I think that's the edge that a lot of agents kind of miss. They just think it's all about, you know, showing houses and opening doors. And it's not. It's really meeting your clients and knowing who they are, listening. But a lot of people just don't listen these days either. I mean, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. And I kind of keep with that philosophy. You know, that that's a very good point. I mean, I, I've actually run into quite a few people. Um, you, networking groups is a great example. I'm sure we could go on about uh, the import, importance of uh, building out your network and joining networking groups and because it, it seems like the referrals is, is probably a big part of what you do. But um, more times than not, uh, when you're in those type of networking groups, the people that seem to be avoided eventually are the ones that monopolize all the time. Like they don't ask any questions. They don't show any interest in anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, Asking, asking a question and keeping your mouth shut is probably one of the best things you can do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really is. Even with, you know, when you're with homeowners, it's like, let them talk, stop spilling all your candy in the lobby. I just had that same conversation with an agent um, just the other day. It's like, Less is more, you know, let them tell you what they have to do and see if you have the means 
um, to solve their problem for them, right? Because especially with in the distressed properties with homeowners, these people are, are in a lot of pain, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to come in as doctors and diagnose the situation to see if we could solve the problem of pain to see if we have the and the, the the dosage the prescription you know if we can really help them out right you know and and what i think uh when i i've, I've told people especially when it comes to wholesaling properties is yeah. that you start to get um it doesn't get easier but you need to be ready to get uncomfortable because mm. sometimes i'm going to guess the realtor is in the same situation is um they might be admitting this out loud to themselves for the first time, how bad the situation might actually be. Definitely, for sure. And, you know, as the realtor, I've been brought into situations where definitely was an investor property, right? But I needed to segregate myself, be the realtor and listen to them to see if I could help them from the investor side, or if I couldn't do it, I could, you know, pass it on to one of my investors. But it's the, was the listening portion and them kind of giving me the information to see what was the best, um, you know, um, prescription that they needed. Because I do go into every, every appointment as the doctor, whether it's a distressed property or not, I need to find out if I can help them. Just like you go into any doctor's office, just like you go into any doctor's office, you know, they tell you what's going to happen. And that's the same thing. I'm going to tell them, listen, this is our agenda. This is how this is going to go. And at the end, we're going to know if we're going to good fit and if I can help solve your problem. Sure. So with that, you know, I, I told, I warned you it was probably going to, it feels like it, we've already talked for about 25 minutes. I, it doesn't <laughs> feel that long, but we could, we could continue going here. But in the last few minutes, um, first of all, uh, how would people reach out to you if they have more questions? You're obviously got a lot to offer, especially through some of your programs. So where would they find you or, or hit you up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I love, you know, it's been great talking with you. Um, and I'd love to give your audience a my free download of my book. They can reach out to me there at rockstar. I'm sorry, <laughs> rockstaragenttraining.com. They can download my book for free or really connect with me on Facebook through the, just my name, Jennifer Sino Tucker. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. And before we wrap up, is there any question you wished I would have asked you here today? Um, that's a good question. I don't know how to answer. I that. always <laughs> end it with that, and I always, more times than not, I throw people off. So, um, no, I, I, you know, a lot of questions I've been getting have been like, like, what's your superpower, or, or, you know, that kind of like, what's your favorite food? I, I'm, I'm not sure why I get those questions, but, but my superpower, yeah, is definitely. <laughs> Uh, a question that maybe, maybe, maybe I should ask or answer. <laughs> What's your superpower? Let's start with that then, Jack. I, uh, I seem to be able to consume a lot of data in a short amount of time to get something done. Oh, okay, great. I think mine is just, I, I, whenever there's an option, I can make, still make things happen. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> that's a great answer. So with that, I wanted to just kind of summarize a few things that I, I you pointed out that I kind of want to make sure everybody drive a few things home. So let's, when you're talking about uh, being on a authentic outcomes, make sure you take a moment, plan 
out what your expectations are, get it down on paper, and go through that exercise because uh, you then create that target. Make sure your client is a good fit, whether it's you with them or them with you. It's it's like a bad relationship if it doesn't fit, right? I mean, it's it's you. It's it's like trying to convince something of doing something. It it it's usually never going to work out. So uh, you always want to make sure it's just a good fit all the way around, and not be offended if it's not. And then lastly. Establish that relationship with the customer and the client because uh, you'd be surprised how much more information you will get. And then it's it's all about that know, like, and trust. You want to make sure that they know, like, and trust you because 70% Absolutely. of those transactions occur with those people. So is there anything else you wanted me to highlight there? No, all good. I think that's great. Three three strong points definitely that I think um, your audience can take and, and move their business forward with. So. Well, remember, everybody, if you want to reach out to Jennifer, uh, I will make sure I put include all of those links in the show notes. But I really thank you for your time, and I hope we can do it again sometime and maybe do a, an episode on mindset. Yeah, that'd be great, Jack. We'd love to. So, well, I appreciate it again. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember... Massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come, first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. I don't like to tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice.